Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, welcome to the MNR Show. I'm Ronald. I'm Malcolm. Man, how you doing today, bro? I have, I've been having a pretty good day today, you know, doing some classes, working on a couple projects, you know, watching a couple, you know, Undisputed and First Take a little bit. Man, I've been having a good day, too, man. Listen to people argue in the house like always, you know. It's a typical day in our little household that we got going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely understand that. But today we, we're going to start you all off with a topic of, was Miles Garrett at fault? And should he have been suspended indefinitely? Uh, for me, I mean, yes, he was at fault. I mean, you can't just strike somebody in the head. <laughs> But suspend it indefinitely? No. Because first, what I've been talking to everybody about today, you know, they have the rules. It says in the rule book, in the NFL rule book, I'll make sure everybody understands. It says, if you hit a player with a helmet, it's a 15-yard penalty and a DQ. That's it. And it say nothing about any suspensions or anything like that. But the fact that he's getting a minimum of six-game suspension, that's dumb. It's really dumb. And then Mason Rudolph, the one who started all first, he's the one who's going to try to take Miles Garrett helmet off and then try to fight him. Like, if you think about it, like, Miles Garrett wouldn't have done none of that stuff if Mason, if Mason Rudolph didn't start it. He just didn't take his, his um, helmet off the first time, and Miles Garrett did successfully. And then he tried to hit Miles Garrett. And, Miles, and when two guys from the Steelers are upholding you back, and you have Mace Rudolph trying to, you know, come at you, even though I'm saying it's yeah. not right, you know what I'm saying? Not right to hit person. Like, I understand it's not right. You know, you can get suspended, you can get badly hurt, and stuff like that. But, you know, your first reaction is going to be, I got to push him away, fight him away. And even though it should have been the helmet, but. That was Miles Garrett's first reaction. But I'm mad the fact that, you know, somebody like Mason Rudolph is not getting suspended, but you have Miles Garrett getting suspended at least six games. Like, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of stuff you said, but, like, I feel like I've been hearing people, like, it's not as bad as people are making it seem. Like, clearly it's very bad to hit somebody, like, in the head with a helmet. Yeah, but still. But, like, I've been hearing, like, all these different hot takes saying, like, that Mason should stay and press charges against Miles Garrett. Like, is this this is not a criminal offense. Like, he didn't even hit him with the crown of the helmet. People could say, well, he had the intent to. But at the end of the day, just because you have the intent to do something, you didn't actually do that. And then, like, you all want to know what I would compare this incident to? Like, imagine, like, if you were back in third grade, right, and you get into a fight on the playground, and you just say you didn't start the fight, but somehow you're just bigger than the guy, and you severely won the fight. Your principal is going to suspend you for more time than the guy that even started the fight, only because you won. That's basically what this incident is. It's like Roger Goodell saying, okay, we're going to suspend this guy because basically he won the fight. Like, this guy, Mason Rudolph, literally, like, started the fight. Like, he initiated the fight. And he initiated even the helmets. 
He's the person that first started to go for a helmet. He grabbed the back of Miles Garrett's helmet. And that's how Miles Garrett even got the idea of, okay, let me gra- let's, we're grabbing helmets now. Let's do that. Like, this is not just something he just did randomly. Mason Rudolph literally started that. But because Miles Garrett basically severely won the fight, it makes Rudolph look like very small and helpless. Like I've been hearing people say, "Oh wow, Miles Garrett is so strong, and he should do that. He's so bigger than Mason Rudolph. Who I, who cares about that? Because that's care. not my fault <laughs> that you don't work out care. or that you're not Real big enough. Like this is like, oh, he's so weak. Like he shouldn't be doing. It. He's so small. That's not Miles Garrett' problem that he's in shape and he's stronger than Mason Rudolph. He sh- Mason Rudolph shouldn't feel this attack because he's smaller than this guy." If you start a fight, you should be you should be able to also take some of the consequences, even if you lose the fight, because you still you know you still start the fight. Anything else to add, Malcolm? That I mean, yeah, I mean he he should have started the fight. He lost the divisional game, you know, twenty to twenty one to seven. You know, he threw four picks in the game, which he was really bad at. And then you know, there's some Steelers fans, you know, that don't ride for campus who who think that he should be suspended still. Yeah, and you know. Miles Rudolph hasn't been all that good. And I don't know. He just – the fact that you just starting stuff because, you know, you're losing, it doesn't doesn't mean anything. Because at, at the end of the day, you try to hit somebody who's bigger than you, this is what's going to happen to you. So. Yeah, like people are like, yeah, but Mason Rudolph didn't do anything to Miles Garrett. But at the end of the day, his intentions were to hurt him. He just could not fight or could not do it. Just because you can't do something, if your intentions were just as bad as what the actors you did, like, you still need to get punished for that. He tried to do the helmet. He just didn't, he wasn't strong enough or quick enough to rip it off. Yeah. Miles Garrett just had to be just stronger and quicker. I mean, that's not, you can't blame it on Miles. I mean, you can still blame it on Miles Garrett. I do believe he's be suspended for some games, but he probably shouldn't be suspended indefinitely. I think that they're just trying to really make an example out of him. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. I think this is going to be a very exciting topic for Malcolm that I'm moving on to right now. So we're going to be talking about, right now in the NBA, who is a better player, Kimball Walker of the Boston Celtics or Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks? Number one, Aubrey, don't ask for this topic, man. (laughs) Like, you know, I know, yeah, we talk about it at the crib a, a lot, and about Kimba Walker and Luka Doncic, you know, my boy Mont, you know, he over here saying a lot how, you know, Luka should be MVP and da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da. But we're asking who's the better player now. And once we do that, it's more than stats, all right? Yes, I understand that Luka Doncic is almost averaging a triple-double. I understand that. Voila to him, you know. But there's more to just stats. We can start off with true shooting percentage. Kimba has a better true percentage than Luka. Free throw percentage. Kimba has a better free throw percentage than Luka. Block percentage. Kimba has a better block percentage than Luka. Steal percentage. Kimba has a better steal percentage than Luka. Defensive plus and minuses, guess who's better? Kimba. I'm going to assume Kimba. <laughs> Total ratings projected. You know, everybody's talking about how, you know, uh, Luka Doncic is having a great season and how he's doing this, doing that. Kimba Walker has a better 
total ratings projected than Kemba, than, than uh, Luka Doncic. So hearing all that, it's like, what, what is going on? And then you want to look at the eye test. Okay, I understand. We've seen, what we, we've seen the eye test, da 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 But as you look at the record, um, they're only 8-5. And, and look at Kemba Walker. He's leading his team, which was a disappointment last year, to 11-2 record. And they have one of the top offenses in the league. And then, let's say, just talk about last year when, you know, okay, let's talk about last year. Okay, let's talk about last year. You know, <laughs> since, you know, Kimba might have a better roster than Luka, all right? Okay. Of okay. course. Okay. Of course. Uh, which we could debate about that. We don't, nobody is, like, nobody, we don't have a Kristaps Porzingis. The Celtics do not have a Kristaps Porzingis, all right? So, Jason Tatum is getting there, but he's not Kristaps. This season he's playing a little better, but. Uh, yeah, but, you know, we know. So let's go last year though. When they had when Kimba had nobody. Not like Luca had more talent than Kimba had last year. Uh Kimba had with his squad last year. Kimba had a better record than Luca. Alright? So you're talking about all these true percentages, you go into statistics, you got way Kimba favorite way better than uh Luca. Kimba's a way better three pointer than Luca. Kimba has plays better defense than Luca. The leadership, as you can see, Kimba is better. Like, I'm just telling you, there's all this stuff that points towards why Kimba is better than Luka. But, you know, y'all just want to look at the stats and stuff like that. Y'all got to really understand the game of basketball because I don't, I don't think y'all understand. I really don't think y'all really understand. <laughs> well, before I even start this argument, really, I, w- I really want to say that I think Luka Doncic is a very, very, very good. And I like to say, I see a lot of people, I saw a lot of people comparing Ben Simmons, like, you know, Ben Simmons probably like, is the you know closest thing to that's coming up, LeBron James. But I look at Luka Doncic, I think Luka Doncic is the youngest star right now that's the closest to LeBron's game and what he can do, even closer oh. than Ben Simmons. Now, there goes a hot take. Now, let's move on to the stats that Malcolm thinks are just not important. Just let the audience know. Let's talk about Luka's averages. Right now, he's averaging 29.5 points per game on 47% from the field, which is above the league average, and 31% from three, which is around the league average from three. 31% for three? That's not bad, though. Okay. On, on the volume, at least, of threes he's taken. And he's averaging 10.7 rebounds. He's only 6.7. And he's averaging 9.3 assists. So, basically, you like, what position is this guy? By those stats, you have no idea what position he plays. Is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? Is he a small forward? Well, he's getting 10.7 boys. Is he a four? You literally have no idea. But guess what about those stats? He leads his team in rebounds. He leads his team in assists. And he leads his team in points. And guess what? He's the second youngest player to ever have a 40-point triple-double. Now, those stats, you're probably like, Wow. I wonder who was the last person to lead their team in points, rebounds, and assists. I think we've seen it in LeBron James. That's When you think of somebody who can do it all, you think of LeBron. Like LeBron can assist, LeBron can rebound, LeBron can score. Luka is literally doing that. And LeBron has literally told Luka, yeah, you're the next coming. But let's compare him more to, to Kimba Walker. I love Kimba Walker. That's one of my favorite point guards. But Kimba is not a player that you're – that's not going to be your number one player. Kimba is not that guy. Kimba could be a great two, but I don't see Kimba – I see Luka turning into a dynamic one down the road in his career. 
Right now, he's 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 still a one for his team right now. But I don't know in the playoffs will he be able to do this all you know throughout the playoffs and stuff like that. But also, Kemba is his coach is a, is the point guard guru in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas averaged twenty eight. He's only averaging fourteen right now. He has been hurting everything, but he went from twenty eight to fourteen. I know you're not about to use the Stevens uh, projective on that one. He cannot. He averaged twenty eight. No, no, no. Because Steve Brad Stevens, I know, I know what Brad Stevens has done with Kemba Walker. But Kemba Walker has played good consistently when he was in Charlotte. Well, what about Terry Rozier? Terry what? Rozier is not is looking. First, Terry Rozier is, is about to lose his starting job right now. That's true. But with Boston before Kyrie, of course, and when Kyrie got hurt, I thought Terry Rozier was was, was close to getting the max. Scary Terry was literally a problem in the playoffs two years ago. With Brad Stevens. And also, I love the way the Celtics have built their roster around Kemba. Because in their lineup, of course, if Golden Hayward was healthy, you have three, three, and D wings. Like, you have wings. So, you basically, you can almost hide them how Golden State hid Curry. Like, Golden State would put Curry, then you would hide them with Clay, Durant, and Draymond. So, Curry, we just need to hide you, put you on the worst score on the team. So, you can just play the passing lanes and stuff like that. That's, what they, that's exactly what they're doing with Kemba. They're basically putting Kemba with Jalen Brown, who's a dog on defense. You have Jason Tatum, who has length, who's about 6'8". You have Gordon Hayward, who's also 6'8". So you're putting him with all wings that can defend the perimeter. So basically, he's guarding your average Kyle Korver or your Avery Bradley or your Patrick Beverly. The point, the person who's not really an offensive threat as much. And look you at think Luka. That? Look at Luka. Luka. Okay, hold on. I don't know what you're talking about because, number one, Luka cannot guard at all. I, I wouldn't go that far. He he's cannot guard. He's... But. Not as athletic. I'm not trying to hear you. He's not a good guard. Like, he, he cannot guard. He, he's not that good on defense. And then, if you're talking about Kimball Walker and then the Brad Stevens, Kimball Walker's the all-time leader in points, all-time leading scorer in Hornets history. And does that say more about Kimball or does that say more about the Hornets? I mean, Because, yeah. I mean, but who's it's, second? It's Dell Curry. But, I mean, oh it, shows, it, but it shows that how Kimball's a, a very good scorer. All right, so that's something I'm not trying to hear because, as you can see, Kimba and then Kimba has he's a he's a veteran. Kimba, Kimba has been to the playoffs. Kimba has led his team to the playoffs. Kimba didn't have talent. Kimba never had a Chris Stops. All right, in Charlotte he never had a Chris Stops. Just imagine if he had a Chris Stops. Just imagine if he had a good roster. Matter of fact, he did have a good roster, and we're 11 and two right now. Yeah, I mean, only thing I can say about Chris Stops is that he really is shooting. Very bad. Well, first, you can tell because Luka leads the team in rebounds. Luka leads the team in rebounds, but you're supposed to be 7-3. So what are you doing? Like, if, if Luka's getting 10.7, how much Chris Stops would get? He's getting eight rebounds a game, which is okay if you're, you know, but you're 7-3. You at least need to get 9 to 10 to 11 rebounds a game. Also, you're shooting 39% from the field. So we're not even going to talk about what he's shooting from three. Because if you're shooting 39 from the field, from three, you're shooting low 30s, and you're a stretch. So you're only really taking – Threes or really you're at the basket. You're not Chris Sauce really isn't a mid range score. That's not really his game, which he doesn't need to be, because in the NBA right now, people aren't really taking that shot. But right now he's just not shooting as good. And I think he will be very good by the end of the season. But right now, Lucas really having to carry the load. He's showing that he can. Well, I mean, you said that, but I'm looking at his stuff. He he had eighteen and ten, you know, he had twenty and fifteen, you know, he had twenty and eleven. Well, it gets Boston is Boston, so he only had four and five, okay. and then uh, he had twenty eight, you know, against New York. So I mean, the last couple of games he's been doing good, and he got came to the fact that you know he's he's coming off 
a year off. So I mean, you can't say yeah, you can't say nothing about that. But I mean, we you know off topic a little bit. But I'm just want to make sure you understand that he's coming off of of an injury, so you know it takes time for him to you know to get under his legs, you know, be able to get back into basketball shape. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's still, still doing good in the past couple of games. And you can see there's progress. So, I'm yeah. sure you understand. All right. Well, now we, we're moving on to our next topic on what really happened with Colin Kaepernick. And do you agree with his, with why he changed venues? Do you agree with that? Now, um, this is a sticky situation right here. Very. Um... So I guess there was reports that at first that he didn't sign the waiver, and on Saturday he told them that he was changing the venue. Mm-hmm. And if okay, so there's there's two there's two different uh, there's two different truths to the story. Yeah, you have one from Colin Kaepernick's group that said that the waiver was way different and that they were trying to take away his rights and stuff like that. But there was another report I watched on a, on a uh, sports morning show, and they showed facts that it was a different waiver, but it, everything was the same as you would do to a person who's in a combine. It was just making sure that they, they're telling that Kaepernick that being – that being by doing this workout does not give you a guarantee that you're going to get the job. And there was making sure that there was no liabilities, you know, for injuries, you know, just in case he gets injured, you know, it's not yeah. their fault. You know what I'm saying? That's the two things that they're added on the contract. Uh, Steve Nate Smith talked about that, about this in his show. He said he gave the two he, – he, he has proof – because everybody was bashing him. He has proof. And he I guess he was trying to get a text back from his lawyer trying to ask him, you know, is this true? They haven't even hit him back up. But they say they've been he say they've been hitting him back up in the past couple months. But when he brings up this topic about the contracts, they did it. Yeah. So that's something that you understand. Now let's get on to Kaepernick. Kaepernick for the past three years has been talking about him getting a job. Mm-hmm. The NFL gives him an opportunity where 25 scouts, some of them were black scouts, came came down to Atlanta to watch him work out. He knew about this on Tuesday. All right? So, you know, he coming down, 25 scouts are coming down to watch him play, and he says two hours before that he's changing his venue. Not thinking about the scouts and their families and how they got flights here. They got to make their flights going back because yeah. they got games on Sunday. You know, he changes the venue to a high school. From somewhere where NFL has equipment for you and all the other stuff, and you switch it from that to go to a high school? Like, come on, you have the coaches there, you have the scouts there, and then when you have your workout, you're coming at the owners. You're asking the owners for a job and you come at the owners? So you think you're going to get a job? Yeah. So there's a lot of more stuff going on, and you know people just want to hear the headlines. But I think there's a lot of stuff going on that you just gotta take account for. Yeah, I agree with a lot of points you make, but I still really don't think that Colin Kaepernick should have signed the waiver or did the original workout with the NFL. 
only because what I've read and I went, I've looked deep into the waiver, even though I saw Stephen A. bring it on the show, is that basically they tried to get him to like sign, like they basically tried to get him to like sign away his rights in a way, because like they said he really couldn't bring a private camera crew, which people are like, well, he the NFL scouts were gonna be there, like everyone could have saw it, yeah, but. Based on that they've already blackballed you, I'm not taking that chance of I'm not going to have my own film. If I can't have my own film, they can change the film. They can only release certain film. Or if he doesn't get signed, he can't put on social media like, look, this is actually my workout, everyone. So, like, I had a good workout, but he still didn't sign me. But if you don't have, but since they were going to make him not have his own camera crew, he couldn't do that. So, basically, it was going to be no protection for Colin Kaepernick. Also... I know you talk about, about the, like, if he got hurt thing, but, like, uh, that just seems, like, very petty of the NFL. Because, like, if he gets hurt from your workout, how would you not be liable to that? I understand why you want to be cleared of that, but if you, that's like if you go, like, you walk in Google right now, and you work there, and you slip. Like, that's like being say, okay, I signed a liability that I can't sue Google because they didn't put a, a wet floor sign. Like, if something happens on that field, it's an NFL facility held by the NFL, if something happens, I literally cannot sue or cannot get any money, and now I've torn my ACL. Because either they could have messed up the field. We don't know. I'm not saying the NFL did something dirty towards him. But at this point, in his case, can you take a chance? Aww. It's more about, like, can you take a chance? It's in Atlanta Falcons Stadium, man. Yeah, but at this point, do we, we? I'm not trusting anybody. And it's funny how they made it in Atlanta. What they try to do as well with Black Pink in Atlanta. Everyone knows Atlanta is the new chocolate city. So it's just pretty funny to me. Okay, let's have it in Atlanta. That, that's also pretty funny. But my final point right now Aww. is that I think it's very fishy. The NFL even brought this up now. Like, who cares about No one's talking about Colin Kaepernick. Why is this going on now? Why was it even held on a Saturday? That doesn't even make any sense. Because now the scouts have to fly in on Sunday to the game. Why not like a Wednesday? Like, you can barely practice in the NFL now. So most people, most teams aren't even really, they're doing walkthroughs Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're flying out Friday-ish. Why even have the workout on Saturday? That, that just gave me a weird vibe of why that day. And I do understand that it was two hours before, but they said they were looking into other venues. They just couldn't find another venue. While the venue was like, I think it was 50 or 60 miles away from the Falcons practice facility. That's why I had to be so far because there were no other In Atlanta venues. traffic? In Atlanta traffic, though? Like, you got to understand, Atlanta traffic, 50, 60 miles away? That's a that's a long time, and that's that's you can't fly over there. Yeah, so, but at the same time, some people did make it. So if you wanted to make it, you could have made it. Some people made it on time. Eight eight different scouts made it. Out of twenty five, that's not that that's not that much. But if eight people can make it, everyone could make it. They didn't want to make it, or literally they just could not make it based on time. So you told their scouts to you know tell your owners you know try to try to threaten your owners stuff like that. So you think you are gonna get a job? Like, do you really think you are gonna get a job? If I I feel like if he if he did it in Atlanta. Like, if he did it in Atlanta Falcon Stadium, which is a state-of-the-art stadium, it's just new, that Mercedes-Benz Stadium, he would have been straight. He would have probably had a job in two weeks. But now since he did this, I've said it's sort of – I'm not trying to really come at him because I, I, I support everything that he's doing. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I just think it was more a publicity stunt than of, of him trying to, you know, trying to be in the NFL. Yeah, I really think that one of the reasons why he did it so late is because he really did not want to change the venue because he knew the backlash that came with it. But it was just too much that he didn't want to give away rights-wise. Like he, I'm pretty sure the biggest factor was having your own film. 
if like you're an athlete, that's like saying on Max Press, I can't see my own film. Like the the colleges have it, but I have no idea even how I look on tape. Like no one can record. Like they would literally shut down your camera. So that's like saying you don't have your own tape. You can't even go back and look to see how your own workout looked. Could you imagine in high school you playing a game? You're like, okay, I scored twenty, but dang, I forgot how many threes I had, how many you know, jump shots that I hit, or how many in football, how many, you know, deep 20-yard passes I complete. You literally would not know that because you can't watch it again. But, Ron, they do not. Like, it, I don't think you really look at, listen to what, what I was talking about. They were going to give him the same copy that he, they gave the twenty, the other 32 teams a tape of. They were going to give him tape. They will give him tape. They will give the rest of the 32 teams tape. You had 25 teams out there that was going to be ready to look at him play and interview him. He had a chance to be in the interview process with 25 teams. 32 teams will have tape. All 32 teams will have tape. And then you leave that from to go to a high school where you could get injured because – it's not the state-of-the-art grass or state-of-the-art field that, you know, Atlanta uh, Falcon Stadium has. Yeah. It's not. It's a high school field. 50 miles away. And eight of them people came. Eight scouts came. And you told those eight scouts owners, and you tried to threaten the eight scout owners and stuff like that? Like, come on. Yeah, the only thing, I, if I was him, I would change. You're not getting the job. And do you want your yeah. media to come to? You're not getting the job. You can't call out the owners and stuff like that and try to get a job. But I mean, can, Canadian Football League, you know, they 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 like they want you. Yeah, the only thing I can say about that is I I don't really believe he called him out. It was more like a, like it's more like a, I feel like it's like a statement. I don't feel like his statement was that bad. I'm pretty sure you've all seen the interview and stuff like that. I'm not gonna repeat exactly what he said. But basically, I just feel like he was just saying like I'm ready. Like don't be scared to come get me. Like people have said that before. I know Emmitt Smith when he held out the Dallas Cowboys back in the day said yeah Jerry Jones come get me. We seen Earl Thomas come come get me. Don't be scared to make. It's the same like when Earl said, "Make a trade for me." And clearly, we like teams are, are scared. People have used this tactic multiple times of "Come get me." Don't be scared to trade for me. Don't be scared to sign me. Chad single uses back in the day. Terrell Owens is using it to this day. Make, I'm still working out. Basically, it's the same routine. This is not like it's the first time this this marketing tactic has ever been used. He was three and nineteen in the last. 22 games he played with the San Francisco 49ers. He was also 21 and 2. The same as uh, MVP candidate Kirk Cousins right now. He's top 10 MVP. Kirk Cousins is 21 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. The same TD interception ratio Colin Kaepernick had his last season with the 49ers. With Chip Kelly as your coach, who can't do good at UCLA. But their the like, record was horrible. Their record was horrible. But Chip Kelly is your coach. But Chip Kelly was 10 and 6 with two seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles, though. But that's what a loaded team. I just feel like Chip Kelly was your coach, right? Also, it was so bad that they said, we're going to fire you, Chip, your whole staff, and your GM. And it's so bad that we're going to give you the next coach six years to fix your mess. And we're going to tank for two years to get that such bad of a team off the field that no, I think it's 10% of that team is still on the field. And they still have. It was such a bad team. They said, we're going to give the, we're gonna give a new GM. We're going to give him six years to fix this mess, Chip Kelly. Then, Chip Kelly, you go to UCLA. Well, you clearly can get recruits. UCLA has, the, UCLA has the most applications out of any school in the United States sent to them every single year. And you can't get recruits. You're in L.A. and you get the most recruits. How can you not make that work, Chip Kelly? You don't know. We'll see. All right. But anyway, for our next topic, 
we're going to do, are the Ravens going to be able to go to the Super Bowl this season? Yeah, back. Like, come on. Yeah, hey, 8-2. Uh, they're first in the AFC, AFC North. Not the Steelers. <laughs> Not the Steelers. I want to make sure the Steelers fans know. Not the Steelers, all right? <laughs> oh, man. Not Cincinnati or not Cleveland. Not but it is the Baltimore Ravens. And guess who's leading in the MVP voting right now? Russell Wilson? Lamar Jackson. Something that I've been told you about over and over again about him. Lamar's stats. I was wanted. let me say it again. 66% from the uh, completion, uh, completion percentage. Two th- he's throwing from 2,250 yards, 19 touchdowns, and five picks. He is 4-1 and one against teams over 500 with a 106.3 QBR. Lamar is going crazy right now. This defense is going crazy right now because, you know, they are top 10. You have a top 10 offense. The running game is top ten. Well, the running game is top three, actually, if you want to be technical. Yeah, you could have a team in Russia, and I would hope they're on yeah. the they're on a six game winning streak right now. They're real hot. They have the Rams, which can be uh, which will might be a, a difficult game because it's at the Rams. Yeah. They have the 49ers, which which will be a difficult game too. They have two two tough games. They got Bills, which they can beat. They got the Jets, who they can beat. They got the Browns, who they can beat. And the Steelers don't ask me that question because I already know they can beat them. All right? <laughs> like, if they win those games, they can make a statement uh, stretch. They already beat these good teams over 500. So to think that they're not going to have a, a chance or to not even, like, you know, to lose against to these good teams down the stretch that they have is blasphemous, all right? I think that they can really – Make a, I think they can really make a stand by, you know, beating the Rams and 49ers back-to-back. I think they can. I think they're the only team in the AFC that can do something like that. How about you? How do you feel? Well, first, I love John Harbaugh. I think John Harbaugh is probably a top-five coach, and he was getting disrespected multiple years. People have to understand that he took Joe, Joe Flacco to the Super Bowl. He, he, he don't look like well, nothing in Denver right now. I mean, not saying Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had one of the most historical playoff runs in NFL history with the way he was playing. But you took Joe Flacco to the Super Bowl. You also, you draft, you and Ozzy were drafting amazing. But it's just, I'm just, I don't want to say yes right now. Because, I'm okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, what's the last playoff game Lamar Jackson played? By the third, he played the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles Chargers, who now are, we've seen, are not good. And last year they were, you know, they were pretty good. But everyone knew it's Phillip Rivers. He's not going to do good in the playoffs. Well, it's less less of Baltimore, of course. But I'm looking. I'm like, wow! How many yards did Lamar Jackson throw before the fourth quarter of that game? Not a hundred yards. How do you not throw a hundred yards in a playoff game before the fourth quarter? Because then at the end they're down twenty plus. You're just throwing fluff, fluff yards, fluff stats. So I'm like, okay, I love Lamar and everything, but in the, your last playoff appearance, I have to go by that you played terrible. Like you literally played terrible. People are like Lamar's improved a lot. I understand that. But this is also playoff. Everyone knows playoff football is different. So I, we're going to see when people are just focusing on you, trying to eliminate you, what exactly is going to happen. So I have to just watch that and see what happens right there. But my pick personally right now would be the, the New Orleans Saints. One, because right now I'm thinking, who's like, what's like the weak link on their team? 
the, their weak link is probably Drew Brees. If th- that's your worst, that's your weakest link. Because right now their defense is top five. We, we have Camp Jordan rushing. Lattimore is a hamstring injury, but he'll be back. Lattimore is a top ten corner right now. Your safeties are looking amazing. Your linebacking core is tackling. And, of course, you still have Sean Payton as your coach, who's unarguably a top three coach in the NFL right now. Like, it's Sean Payton. Like, one of the best offensive play calls. All, a lot of these offensive coaches have come from his coaching tree. So, at the end of the day, I feel like the offense is going to eventually come. And plus, right now, they've been doing very good on offense because they've, they've gone back to, we're going to smash mouth and then throw. Instead of making Drew Brees throw too much, Drew Brees is 40. He should not be throwing 45 times a game. Also, you don't need him to do that because your offensive line is amazing. And Alvin Kamara, can, how do you tackle Alvin Kamara? I haven't really seen the team do it too well. He breaks so many tackles. And he can catch. He's probably a top three. Well, he, he's not. He's probably. He's a top three receiving back also in the NFL. So you also have to account for that, you know, that aspect. But right now, I just feel like the Saints are very well-rounded. I would actually love to see that matchup versus with the old Drew Brees versus the upcoming hot Lamar Jackson. I feel like that would be an amazing Super Bowl with two amazing coaches, two amazing defenses. The Ravens' offensive line also is amazing. So going against two great offensive lines, that would be an old-fashioned Super Bowl of running the ball, great defense, good coaches. I mean, I understand what you're saying, bro, but let's let's look. Let's look. Um, Against Seattle, which is a good defense, as you can say. Yeah. Okay. Um, he threw for over, he threw for 103, 143 yards. I understand, but yeah. he rushed for fourteen rushes for one hundred and sixteen yards and a touchdown. Right? All right. Against New England Patriots, which is the historic defense that you said, yeah. he had a combined of how many yards? He had a combined over two hundred yards and two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Uh, let's go for Houston. I know you've seen that game. Of course. You know, a top team in the AFC. Eh, worst offensive line in the NFL, but that's for another day. But we're talking about offense right now, right? Because they have a decent uh, defense. Eh. 17 for 24, 222, 20, 222 yards, four touch, zero picks, nine rushes for 86 yards. So... I'm hearing what you're saying about he can't throw, he can't do this, da da da. da but he's the only he's a, the only quarterback in the NFL this season to have two perfect passer ratings. Um, he's still throwing for twenty. He has 19 touchdowns and five picks, and that's easily one of the best touchdown to interception ratios in the league. He has consistently shown against the biggest AFC component, uh, AFC uh, opponents, that he could play. He consistently threw the ball where he needed to be. Consistently ran the ball if he was in trouble. He made the winning plays, and that's why he's a chance to win the MVP. And that's why I feel that the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, last thing I have to add to that. I mean, I believe that Lamar is going to be a good thrower. It's mainly just. In the regular season, like, I think the Patriots and a lot of these teams are just seeing, okay, what can you do? We've seen this multiple times with a first-year QB. Like, oh, it's just, you know, this seems pretty good. I mean, technically, this is his second year, but this is his first year actually being a thrower. Because last year, he was just a running back playing QB. And, you know, it's, it's okay because it's your first year. We understand. But this year, it's really, like, this is their first year with this offense, which is explosive, by the way. But 
I just, I just have to see when they bottle up and they say, okay, Lamar, can you beat us from only the pocket? Can you throw 300? They've done this to multiple They've done this to Dak Prescott, see if he can do it. They've done this to Kyler Murray now. And they're saying, can you beat me if we just contain? We're not going to rush you. We're just going to contain you from going outside. Can you beat me? And can your receivers win one-on-one? That's one thing. I mean, I love Hollywood, but Hollywood's been hurt all season. Willie Sneed, okay. Look at that's another thing. Look at his receivers. Yeah, like. they're they're okay. Like, you know, but I mean he also had his two perk pass ratings against Cincinnati, who's not gonna win the game this season. And against Miami, who shouldn't have won the game this season and really are tanking and really almost have lost out on Tua or from or the um Joe Burrow from LSU. But yeah, I, I think the Ravens have a great shot. I just really wanna wait and see about Lamar Jackson. But we're going to move on to our last and final topic on Will Carmelo Anthony work with the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, uh, I was talking that with my friends today, and I just think that, nah. I mean, for right now, yeah, because they don't have Damian Lillard, but mm, I don't even really think Melo that good. Like, the uh, only thing that he's really good in Blazers because they're like one of the top team in ISO ball, which will help Melo's case out because that's the only thing that Melo really, really knows how to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, his last game he had ten points, four rebounds, zero assists, five turnovers, zero assists and five turnovers, and he had five fouls. <laughs> good guy. And he was a negative twenty on the court. <laughs> I mean, he, he was tired, but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what's going on. Um, other words. It was not a good debut at all. You know, I mean, if you could think anything good, I mean, he made his first three-pointer. I mean, that was something. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he showed this before, and I guess it proves him. It, it proves more and more that why he's just like he doesn't belong in his era. I feel like if he was back in the era, that's that was his era. That's where he belonged. That's where he was good at. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the greatest scorers of all time, but. Yeah, and this but, air, yeah, it's just not working. That's what I think. Yeah, I really don't believe Melo is like this is really a fit in today's NBA. Like the NBA has transitioned to an efficiency, efficiency league and a three and D league. Now, Malcolm, please tell me which one of those that Melo is good in. Oh, uh, the old back in the day. <laughs> like, back in the day, like, he's not good at efficiency. No three. Uh, yeah, nothing like, like that. Like, like when he was in OKC, they said, okay, Melo, we actually don't need to do anything but sit in the corner and shoot threes. Which, you think, oh, centers do this and power forwards do this. Melo shot 27% from the corner. You can't hit it. That's the shortest three on the court, and you can't hit that wide open. Because Westbrook is going to crash, and they're going to attack. And he's still at PG. You can't make the open three. And, of course, Melo can never play defense. Like, Melo in his athletic prime could not play defense. He's older now, so of course he can't believe it. He's basically just reaching and fouling. And of course, you know, he's not really a catch-and-shoot player. And like Michael was already said in his Blazers debut, he shot 4 for 14. That's absolutely terrible. And he made his first shot. So that means after his first shot, he was three of his next 13 shots. So it's like, oh, my God. And of course, yeah, he was minus 20, which was the worst plus minus on the court yesterday. The second was a minus 14. And it's like, to me... The Blazers, who are, who are like one of the worst defensive teams in the, NF, in the NBA right now, said, you know what? Let's add Carmelo Anthony. Let's add a terrible defender. Let's add somebody who can't play That's defense I don't to a bad either. defensive team. Like, think about this. That's like the Chiefs saying, let's add another wide receiver. 
What? Like you need def- you need a corner. Why are you adding another receiver? Like that's not gonna help you because you already have that. Like it's it's crazy because let's add a inefficient small forward. And in fact is I love Carmelo Anthony. And Historically. Like he's very good. Like he's he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. All right. And I give him about top ten. In scoring category. Yeah, I'll make yeah, sure yeah. you get that straight. Yeah. Scoring category. Yeah, only scoring. That's not. All right, not everybody's like, 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 nah, 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 just scoring category. But, like, he's very good, but it's just that this is not his era. I feel like Jason Tatum is probably, like, the next <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, but perfect for this era. He is this era's Carmelo Anthony. That's why I think Jason Tatum is. Everybody's like, whoa, 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 calm down. But that's what I think. So, I mean, it's whatever. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Melo right now should not be in the league. I think it's time to retire. But, you know, it's all right, though. People think otherwise. So, you know, let's see. We This is only one game, so we only count off one game. So, let's give it a couple games to see yeah, how it yeah. goes, and we can talk about it later. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we want to just wait and see on this topic. Yeah. But anyway, thank you all for listening to our second episode of our podcast. We've worked very hard. Uh, make sure to tune in. We, we we try to put this episode on all platforms. Anything, anything to say, Malcolm? Yeah. And uh, you know, next next podcast, we'll have a special guest. So that's will be good. And I would love to talk about these Lakers next podcast, which we would. So stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. All right. All right. Ooh. And cut it. <laughs>